Our pastor, Pastor Terry and Pastor Anita, are out of town today. They are in San Antonio, Texas. They are having the privilege of celebrating with Pastor Terry's pastor, Rick Godwin, who is going to be here with us on first Wednesday. It was um, Pastor Rick's 75th birthday, but it's also P.T.'s birthday today. So on three, I want to give a big shout-out. Happy birthday to P.T. So ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday, P.T. Absolutely. We, we wish them well out there today. Just want to let you know that we've moved the chili cook-off into the Impact Center so you can go directly after second service throughout the church and through the double doors. Because of the weather, we didn't want you, everybody to get wet, so we are indoors for that. Well, Father's House, I have a great honor today. I have the honor of introducing our speaker, Pastor Tony Capps. He and his wife, Miss Pam, are here with us. If you don't know Pastor Ter Pastor. Tony, let me just give you a few facts about him. He has been a very, very successful businessman and pastor growing businesses and churches over the last few decades. He is one of our board of directors. He has been a friend and advisor to not only the Father's house, but to Pastor Terry for a few decades. But the Holy Spirit dropped this into me this morning, that the greatest attribute that we get from Pastor Tony is that he is a friend of the house. So if you would please stand to your feet and help me welcome Pastor Tony Capps. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, sir. Hey, guys. How's everybody doing? You're awake and alert. Those are all good things. I'm, I don't need these tools anymore. Would you help me? He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be, because he's still working on me. <laughs> Confession is really good for the soul. And I'm glad he's still working on me. I'm kind of thinking that when I get perfect, about 20 seconds later, I'm going to die and go on to heaven. So I'm good with that. You good with that? I'm happy, happy, happy with that. It's really good to see you guys today. They got this neat swivel chair. That's so cool. Now I'm dizzy. <laughs> it's great to see you guys. It's been a while since we've been here. And um, my beautiful Baby doll, Pam, is with me today, and we're just having a blast. Um, we're engaging and embracing this older thing, and uh, I, wanna, I want to uh, just tell you what a great pleasure it is to be here. We just love you guys. If you're new here, don't judge this church by what you're about to hear. Come back next Sunday, I promise you, because those people that know me know that I'm just a little different. Some people say weird, but I'm a little different. My wife will tell you that I'm a special needs husband. <laughs> I say, I, she, uh, enough about that. Love you, believe in you. I wish I could spend more time, but I'm going to take the time to share with you some things that God has shared with me. And uh, I have breathed in this word for the last two weeks. And, you know, I have to inhale, just breathe in the Holy Spirit and his word so I can breathe out to you the word of God. Is that okay? That we just breathe together what God has for us today. So you have your Bibles, your, your uh, smart devices or whatever. Hold them up. And you're going to have to help me because I'm having a little trouble reading that. Uh, and I'll start you off and then everybody say it loudly so I won't look so bad. Okay? This is my Bible. 
word of God. It is life to me today. I confess. In Jesus' name, amen. Now give him praise in the house. Come on, give my clap off for the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Now, I have retitled this since you saw that. Everything's the same. All the notes are the same. But as I was preparing again and reading through the notes and praying over the sermon today, uh, this past Thursday, I realized uh, again that today is uh, P.T.'s birthday. And um, since he's pretty close to his oldest Moses, <laughs> just kidding, uh, he got me when I was at 60. So, you know, we, we're having a, a good time there. And uh, he already texted me and said, you're okay to go on for the second service. It's, it went pretty good. So I appreciate that. So uh, we do a lot of texting like that. But I titled it uh, Life Journey Questions. And since this is his birthday and it's PT, I, it just hit my spirit that we ought, to t we ought to call this Power Tools. These are power tools, and it's the four questions. And I believe that, that and, and, and quite candidly, that Pastor T lives these same kinds of tools that Moses did, the same kind of, of process that he did. And I think it's okay, since he is getting older and he's up there around Moses' age and stuff like that, we ought to just have a little fun with it. And, and I'm, but, but seriously, I want you to know that I believe this is about him. I have known him for decades. When, when Pastor Tim talks, talked about me working in, in corporate America and, and churches for decades, he, he, really, he really emphasized the word decades. <laughs> and he said it twice in the first service, decades, decades. Well, we'll talk later. Anyway, you ready for the word today? Do you love the excitement of the word? I just pray that God would just uh, cover this and cover our ears and our minds and be able to share with you what, what is on my heart. And if you have those Bibles and your uh, smart devices, turn to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 23 through 29. That'll be our main scriptures for today. We'll have a couple of others, but you could just turn there. And we also have it, the uh, beautiful tech team. I got to say a shout out to the tech team, all of the singers, all of the pastoral staff, administrators, volunteers. It's just been an awesome day. When I got here yesterday, they, they had the roads clear and they had me an escort that went right straight through town. And, and we got, well, they put everybody on the sides like they do with dignitaries. I didn't have to put up with those 27,000 cars from stoplight to stoplight. And then and we got to the hotel and everything was, everybody was pushed. I'm just kidding. And, um, but it seemed, it seemed great to come back home again. And I, I remember uh, that, that Cocoa Beach is not, not any busier than this beautiful area of the country as well. So, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three days by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. Look to the person next to you and say, you must have been a beautiful baby. You must have been a beautiful child. You must have been a beautiful baby. Because baby, look at you now. Now, if you're under 40, you never heard, heard that song before. But I was in a rock band when I was 16. Like everybody when I was 16 was in some kind of rock band. But he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's commands. So I want to talk about four questions, four power, PowerPoint, power tools, questions that we all need to embrace and ask ourselves these things. So, number one, who am I? By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
He refused. The things you refuse will determine sometimes who you really are. If you say no to things or refuse those things, you can learn a lot from that and yourself. So Moses had an identity crisis, and I've had my identity crisis, and many of you may be there right now. I don't know. But he had an identity crisis, Jewish or Egyptian. He was born Jewish. He was raised Egyptian. He had to decide at some point in his life, who am I? An important choice for all of us, who am I? Who am I? And it doesn't matter what age you're, you're at, whether you're young or middle or older, it's important to understand who you are and to retake that, 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 really take that statement uh, even from time to time you do that. So who am I? He had to decide that. If he's an Egyptian and faked his, his heritage, he would live a life of ease. He would have an outstanding career and he was in line to be Pharaoh and he would have fame and fortune. If he said what he really was, I am Jewish, he would be humiliated, kicked out of the palace. He would be sent to live with a bunch of slaves for the rest of his life. Yet Moses saw his people being abused and couldn't be silent. He was a man of character and he was a man of integrity. He made a decision that cost him in some people's eyes, but he made an investment in the next 80 years of his life by making a choice. So let's examine the word, first of all, refused. In the Greek, this literally means to reject, to deny, to totally disown where he, came, where he was being raised. Moses cut himself from a promising career in the Egyptian and he, as an Egyptian, and he refused to live a lie. Instead, he wanted to do what God made him to do. Church, there's something liberating. Everybody say liberating. There's something liberating about refusing things that aren't healthy for us, that are not good for us. I've turned some things off, and as I see the culture moving forth, I've turned other things off. And you probably understand what I'm talking about, that I just don't want in my spirit anymore. I just don't want that junk in my spirit. I just refuse to watch that. I've made certain parameters. When I was, when uh, uh, many of you know that know me, know that I flew an airplane for many, many years, private, for, to, to go to different places that I went to, and I enjoyed that very much. But I made my own rules and my own parameters. Not if I had coming in in bad weather and the FAA said I could come in 1,000 feet above before I broke out of the clouds, I would kick that up to 1,500. So I made standards for myself. I wrote some things down that I was going to do differently, even though it was okay to do with other things. And I'm not saying things are not okay, but let's be careful about how much we allow the world to put in our spirit. I'm tired of people arguing uh, when I'm trying to watch the news. I remember the days when they just got up. It was only a half hour long, all day long. Don't you love it? When you let to go back there? But now it's over and over and over again. Every time you turn the TV on, it's over and over. And they're bloviating over, over the same thing. They're arguing, and I don't want to hear that. I just want the news. Just give me the facts, and I don't want all the other stuff. And I think I'm getting worse all the time. My wife my, my wife enjoys that, and that's okay for her. I just don't want it in my spirit. I want something else in my spirit. I just don't want to hear all of the nagging and heartache and the complaining and the, and the talking points over and over again, over and over. Anybody with me on that? You just get a little bit weird. Woo! Let's shut her down, okay? I'm running for president of the United States in 2020, and the first thing we'll do is just shut it all down. Anybody votes out there? Maybe four of you. I got a good number. But it's liberating to shut things off in your life 
That's not healthy. Now, I'm not, please don't. I'm not a religious person. If you can filter it, I just got to the point I couldn't filter it anymore. It made me angry. And I don't like to be angry. And then I got hungry, and that made me hangry. And hangry is not a good place to be in in your life. You don't want to be hungry and angry at the same time. You eat too much food. And anyway, that's not in my notes. I don't know where it came from. Okay, number two. Power tool number two. What am I choosing? What am I choosing? What am I choosing? Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Choosing. And that's verse 25. What are my preferences and my prejudices? Think of the word choosing. It means to select or decide. You get to choose. Do I have, as my son said, do I have Fruit Loops for breakfast or do I have Taco Bell for breakfast? Life is full of choices. And we choose. Choosing rather to suffer the affliction, though, is what Moses said than to be with, or Hebrews said about him, than the people of God to enjoy the passing pleasures of, uh, of sin. What I choose today can determine my direction for tomorrow. That's called accepting responsibility. Sometimes when we choose stuff, it looks good at the moment, but it affects a lot more than just the moment. It affects sometimes a day or a month and can affect a lifetime. We see Moses refusing and then see Moses choosing. There's a principle here, church. That the negative is followed by the positive. He says, whenever you take something, anything out of your life, you, put something, you must put something positive in its place. The Bible speaks very clearly about taking stuff out and sweeping the temple. Many of you have probably read that scripture before. But it said, be careful, uh, something seven times worse will come on you. A point in fact, if you decide to give up TV altogether and you're used to watching that with your spouse in the evening for two or three hours, my wife and I enjoy the home shows, I like the Alaskan shows, I like building shows, even though I don't know how to use any of the tools that may or may not be in these cabinets, I haven't a clue, but I like to watch people that do. I, my, my, uh, my dad at 12 years old uh, was trying to help me uh, learn how to change the oil in the car and do spark plugs back then is what we did. And many of you remember those things and how to set the gap and stuff. And when I was 12, he got out and he said, son, he said, I want you to get a really good education so you can get a really good job because you're no good at this at all. You're going to have to pay people all your life to fix stuff. And I absolutely admire those of you that can fix stuff. Why is how many of your husbands can fix stuff? They may not do it, but how many of you can do it? They can do it. I get that. I understand. You know, well, he can do it. I, I felt that spirit come all over me when you said that. He can do it, but he won't do it. <laughs> I just felt that from the congregation. Pause. But aren't you proud of it that he can do it? Well, I can't do that. My wife was, got me a little end table that I wanted, and, and she was down the middle of the floor putting it together, together the other day, and I was Help her, Jesus. Help her, Jesus. She can do that. <laughs> Some of us are called to prayer. What can I say? <laughs> I lost my place. <laughs> okay. But if you take something out, if you take out that, let's say you're, you're, you're used to doing that and watching it two or three hours a day and all of a sudden you quit doing that, you don't do it anymore, you could kill one another for the dead time that's in the house. I mean, you got to replace it with something else. You get what I'm talking about? God chose Moses as a baby, but when Moses grew up, it says he had to choose God. God has already chosen you. Everybody in this house, God has already chosen you. 
He's got stuff that he wants to talk to you about. And you think it's all about your confessing to him, but he's got great stuff to talk to you about. I'm just going to go ahead and go to that part, even though it's two pages later. I believe that prayer, two things I want you to know about prayer. One is, and if you choose to pray, one is that prayer is a conversation. When I'm talking to my wife, I talk. She doesn't particularly listen, but then she listens. <laughs> then she talks, and I listen. Can I hear an amen, guys? Amen. Now, we don't have any choice in this matter. It's like when she bought a new couch a few months ago. She just said, I want you just to sit in and see if it's okay, if it's comfortable to you. And I said, well, what about the color? She said, you don't do colors. <laughs> That's not in your department. I'll pick the color. And then I went up and tried to talk to the lady that was picking, uh, helping us pick the, the stuff out. I said, well, what do you think about that color? She said, sir... You don't do colors. And I, there, it's, a, it's this thing that goes on all through life about that. So the second thing about prayer is, he said, ask and keep on asking. I always thought that that was asking the same thing over and over again. But I'm not sure we don't, have a, we don't need a longer list. I'm not sure that we don't need to ask more numerical things. Now, when we talk and God listens, sometimes we get up and leave before he has a chance to talk. Let me give you an example. If you go to the doctor's office, and your big toe on your left foot's hurting, you got this pain in your left side, you got a pain up here underneath your rib cage, you got a pain, you tell the doctors all this, I've got this pain here, and I've got this here, my neck is really hurting bad, and I, when I cough sometimes it's hard, and, and you go on for about five minutes and tell them all the things wrong, and then you get up and walk out. And he says, wait, 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 don't you want to hear my opinion? And you say, no, i got to be somewhere else. I'm afraid that that's the way I prayed sometimes in my life. I talk, and, I, and he listens, and I don't sit there long enough for him to speak to me. But I can promise you, in the last 10 years or so, I've been sitting around listening a lot about God and what he's saying to me. And it's awesome. It's cool. And I think that's what it means by the prayer, you, you never, don't cease to pray. It's because when you say good morning to God, the Holy Spirit speaks to you all day long everywhere you go. And it might be saying to, to you ladies, don't buy that dress. And it might be your husband praying to God, tell her not to buy that dress, please. <laughs> Again, my job is prayer. <laughs> it's not to shop, okay? But I believe that sometimes heaven is saying, is that all? Is that all you want? Is that all you have need of? Is that all you want to pray about? And he said, come on, where's the big ask? Where's the big stuff? We want to hear the big stuff. Heaven wants to hear your big stuff and your small stuff and the medium-sized stuff. Just let it all out. Make it bigger than you can possibly imagine. And he said he will give you more than you can dream or imagine. But if you can't dream or imagine the little stuff, how is he going to give you the big stuff? Get the big stuff, church. It's awesome. It really is. And no, my wife hasn't slowed down to shopping at all. Got to keep praying, keep asking. Sometimes when my prayers were answered and we had certain things in our life and, and business, uh, we had a thing one time that we had only, only, only a, a day to close an initial public offering. Uh, we were taking a company that we had started, on, 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 and I was in my office praying while all the staff was working with the attorneys and all of those 
things and everything going on. And it was then I was in my office saying, God, I've put all my money in this church. Everything that you've given me, all your money is what I should have said. I've put all your money in this thing. If this thing doesn't get through today, I'm in a heap of trouble because we haven't had a salary for over a year and, and I need your help. And all of a sudden I got a knock on the door and somebody came in and said, Mr. Caps, Mr. Caps, everything got pleated. It completed, the whole IPO got completed in just the last hour. It's amazing it did. And I'm, I'm down there and, and I close the door and I start thanking Jesus. And I could almost see him on the throne and said, now who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Who's your Abba? Abba Father. He's your father. He's your Abba. He wants to know the desires of your heart. He put them there. So go out, reach them, grab hold of them. Choose today. Let's just give him praise right there. He deserves praise, not me, but him. So God has chosen you. Have you chosen him? You, can, you cannot blame somebody else for choices you made that determined the direction of your life. Moses, when he grew up, chose he made some choices that allowed God to use him for his purpose. Here's the fact. Nobody can ruin your life ultimately except you. Satan can't. He doesn't have enough power. You have been given power to step on his head. You have been, you've been given. The Bible said that he has no teeth. He can't gum you to death. He can't do that. You cannot be bitten by Satan because God has you in the palm of his hand. Can I hear an amen? God won't. He won't do it. God loves you. And so ultimately the only person you, who can totally permanently mess up your life is you. But you're not a victim today. You're a victor in the name of Jesus Christ. All that he has is for you. Awesome. 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 Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Like Moses, you need to make some choices in life. Your character is determined by the choices you make. Number three, what are my values? Hebrews 11, verse 26. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking to his reward. Just like the Apostle Paul, looking for Christ, looking for the finish line. You have to settle this issue, what are my values? This is not something you do haphazardly, church. What is really important to you is the question. <clears throat> Consider the word value. It means excellence, merit, virtue. If there be any virtue, let it go to Christ. Anything in me good, let it go to Calvary. Moses considered God's will of greater value than all the treasures of Egypt. What are the values that we place on the base of our life today? You say, these are the things that are important to me on which I make my decisions. In other words, these are non-negotiables. When I didn't negotiate anything, there are some non-negotiables. My wife and my family are non-negotiables. You, you can't mess with my family. Those are non-negotiables. You take something away from my family or you try to hurt my family, we're going to have a come-to-Jesus meeting real fast because they're my family. You think I'm not very tall or very strong, but you never saw me before with brass knuckles. I'm awesome. I really am. <laughs> Don't mess with my family. Can I hear an amen from the men? Don't mess with my grandbabies. Oh, come on, grandparents. Give me a shout. Oh, don't mess with grandbabies. You might get away with my children a little bit, but don't you mess with my grandbabies. They're going to they're be something to pay. I started to say the word, but it's going to be, <laughs> woo, that was close. I'll never get invited back again. But you don't mess with my grandchildren. If you don't have grandchildren, you just don't understand that. 
There are three common values that the world promotes. They promote pleasure, they promote possessions, and they promote power. Pleasure, I want to feel good. That's what the world says. Pleasure, that's all. I want to feel good, no matter what form it takes. Number two, possessions. I want to have a lot of. I want to have lots. And number three, power. I want to be famous. I want to be influential. I want to be popular. I want to have power. I want to have all those things. Power, possessions, pleasure. I want them all. But Moses realized that there were more important things than power, possessions, and pleasures. He was not satisfied with the things that would not last. Those are only temporary. Jesus never grows old. Here's the lesson. Ready? The key to establishing a value system for your life is the ability to say no. Now listen very carefully. You don't have the time and the energy to allow everything and everybody in your life. You can do anything you want, but you can't do everything you want. You can have anything you want, can't have everything you want. You can eat anything you want, but you can't eat everything that you want. You can do all those things. You can choose. You can have a measure. But you can't have everything, and you can't have everybody in your life. There are some people that will suck the pure life out of you. You hear me? As a pastor, I used to run from people. When they came down one aisle, I went down the other aisle. Because I knew they would just suck me dry, especially before I preached in the morning. They just had something that was negative or something about that. And I didn't want to be around those people, especially, again, before church. I wanted to do nothing but focus on the Word. And I, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. There were people that I saw coming down an aisle, and I would go the other way. Then I, then I, I got two really tall, big football NFL type to be my encouragers. Nobody could even see me. They're so big, I just hide between them. There's ways to do that if you want. But Moses realized the key to establishing a value system is to be able to say no. Now listen to this. Every time you choose something in life, you're saying no to something else. You have to decide what is important. No man can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other or vice versa. Same thing, can't pick two. I've discovered in my own life that it's sometimes easier to say yes to God, but it is a lot more difficult to say no to everything else, even no to people. And I want you to understand, sometimes you have to say no in order for you to be able to say and spend time with God. And say yes. People will try to squeeze the life out of your time. But I'm not going to let them do that. I'm going to squeeze the life out of my time. What do you say? Squeeze the life out of it. And stuff that just just makes you angry or makes you mad. Or you just can't deal with anymore. Just don't. Just try not to be in that environment. And let God just speak to you all day long. Look at Moses' value system and why he was such a great leader. Moses decided three things. First of all, God's purpose is more valuable than popularity. Hebrews 12, 11 and 24, but faith, by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Do you think that was a title, son of Pharaoh, that was an easy thing to give up? He was second in command. He was a big man on campus. He was the big guy around the pyramids. He had the kind of popularity that most people would, 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 would give their right arm for. Number two, God's people are more valuable than pleasures. God's people are more valuable than pleasures. Hebrews 11 and 25. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Moses chose pain over pleasure. Discomfort over easy. Over something easy. I want you to let you know, your pastors, Pastor Terry and Pastor Anita, 
They chose sometimes pain. Don't, don't never misunderstand. It's sometimes painful to pastor a church. It's sometimes painful for that. He's got a great church. You're great people. He brags about you every time we talk. So I get sick of all his bragging about you people. I said, come on. Don't you have anything else we can talk about? No, he said, I don't. I just want to talk about my people. They're great people. And he's always so positive. He gets that because he understands the value that we're talking about today and the values that we're talking about today. He chose to be mistreated. And he has been mistreated along with the people of God, Moses and Pastor T, almost the same age again, to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. And Moses chose it. The world, let me tell you what Pastor T and ha, did that Moses did, that he rejected. The world's measure, he said, I'm not going to be measured by the world. I'm going to be measured by God. I used to try to make everybody happy because I like people. I like happy, happy, happy. I do. I just enjoy that. You know, I, I really do. But I think that sometimes we have to think more about what God thinks of us than anybody else thinks of us. We have to do that. Second thing, Pastor T, the world's pleasure. He, 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 he rejects the world's pleasure and the world's treasure. He doesn't get that. But you know what all of us have accepted? We accepted an incredible, abundant life. Abundant life, abundant laughter, and abundant love. If you don't think God has a sense of humor, just look around. Let that settle in. He has a sense of humor. I'm asking God every day now. I said, God, I don't remember what I don't remember. I'm getting to a place that I don't remember what I remember, church, or don't remember. What is it? I don't remember what I don't remember. Did I say that right, Pam? Anyway, every day I find something interesting about life and about abundance and about love. Life, laughter, and love. God's peace, finally. On that note is God's peace is more valuable than possessions. Can you hear say amen to that about that? Oh, his peace like a river flooding my soul. Oh man, nothing like peace. Nothing like peace. Amen, amen, and amen. There's a wonderful peace of mind that comes over you, a satisfaction, a sense of fulfillment when you know you're smack dab in God's will. Jesus said in Luke 12 and 15, a man's life does not consist the abundance of things that he possesses. It's a matter of values. We should love people and use things. We get those things reversed, tend to love things sometimes and use people. I've done that as a pastor of a church. It's amazing that Moses gave up the very three things that most people spend their entire lives trying to accomplish and achieve. That popularity, that pleasure, and that possession. He gave it all up. Rick Warren had a great quote. Your happiness is determined by your character. Your character is determined by your choices. And your choices are determined by your values. And your values are determined by your vision. What do you have your eyes on today, Father's house? We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. we just got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Moses had the right values. Pastor T has the right values. Power tool, finally, four. Where is my focus? Hebrews 12, 11 and 27 says, By faith he left Egypt. Not fearing anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. We're talking about Jesus. That's what we keep our eyes on. That's the vision. Jesus, the kingdom of God, is the vision. The kingdom of God is the focus. Moses continually persevered. You persevere through difficulties of life by keeping your eyes on the goal. Don't let the clouds around you disturb the sunshine that's coming through the clouds. You 
he focused his attention. He constantly kept it before him. Some of us had once a vision, and we've lost that vision. I, I pray that you bring that vision back into clear clarity today by faith. It's a matter of faith. By faith, he left Egypt. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Invisible. Moses never took his eye off the goal. Look at how the writer of Hebrews 12 and 2 said it. And he describes Jesus. Looking into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. Now, now it wasn't, he wasn't joying in the cross. He was joying in you. Every single one of you, he was joying in you. I want us to understand, and I'm telling you something now, that I'm not positive that I'm theologically sound on this, but I think I am. It's a scripture that I've been studying for quite some time now, and I never really quite got it. And I'll just tell you about it just quickly. Remember when the scripture says, would a man give everything up, sell all that he has, and go and find a field that has a diamond in it or precious treasures in it and give away all that he has to purchase that? I always preach that as a salvation message to would you not give everything up for that? But I think I was wrong, and I want you to test it. I want you to look at it for yourselves. But here's what I'm wondering. What if Jesus is the one searching? What if the earth is the land? And what if you are the treasure? Think about it. We could never have enough money to buy Jesus. We could have never mo enough money to buy that treasure. Do you see where my mind's been going with that, that scripture? And for years I have preached it the other way. But I'm not sure I was right. I, I, I'm kind of thinking maybe. That it's Jesus that gave up everything and his life. That he came to earth as the only begotten son. That he suffered because you're the treasure. Young lady on the front row, you're his treasure. You're the apple of his eye. He sings songs over you every morning. What kind of God do we have that will sing a song over us, God, the creator of everything, the one who said, let there be, and daffodils popped up in Mississippi like springtime. Who said, let there be, and then he said, and he always used some one-syllable words, it is good. I love that. It is good. He didn't pontificate like it, like I do. He didn't stretch it out all the way to 35 minutes. He just says, it is good. Let there be. It is finished. Oh, that's a beautiful one, isn't it? Beautiful. It is finished for you and you and you and you and you. Point to the person next to you and say, for you. You're the treasure. Tell them. You're the treasure. You're the treasure. Young people, you're the treasure. You're the treasure. I've got to stop right there for a second. Do you realize how much the treasure you are? You're the treasure. You're his treasure. You're his treasure. The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Make an intercession for me and you. Ask big. We receive not because we ask not. And then the conversation never ends. Once you started the day, he whispers to you. Where is my focus? My focus is on life, love, liberty, and Jesus Christ. My focus is on people like you that I love to hang out with. <clears throat> I just love to hang out with people. I love people. I'll be, I'll be candid with you, and I know I can do this and say this in this church. Success is always tied to challenges of some kind. I know that. It always is. Musicians as well as singers, come on up. Help me land this, okay? I want to be candid with you and honest with you. When I started out preaching 35 years ago, I was taught one way to, to preach, to get people saved. And I preached, now hold on to your seatbelt, to just scare the hell out of people. Yes, I said it. I may never get to come back, but I'm going to be candid with you. I did. I preached. And I, I was preached too, that they just scared the hell out of me. I, I got saved 52 times one year, every week. <laughs> and then I heard about grace. And I knew I would never be perfect, but He is perfect. And now I've chosen to love the hell out of people just going to love them. Even if I don't agree with them, if I don't agree with their lifestyle, if I don't agree with anything, I can separate now the person from their performance. that make any sense? So I've decided I'll just love the hell out of people. I'll just love them. And maybe I'll reach some of them. But I'm not going to scare them anymore into trying to, because that doesn't work anyway. I want to tell them how faithful God is and how friendly God is and how awesome He is and how much He loves you so very much. Because we never make progress in life without challenges. If you don't know me, you don't know about my son that went on to the heavens. It's been eight years now, church, and this church stood behind, beside my wife and myself. 27 years old, you know the story if you've heard me before. He's had over 200, 250 people in his youth group songwriter great great teacher great preacher of the word I don't get it I don't understand it but finally in the last two or three years I figured it out there are mysteries he said that I'll never know but God is sovereign and I am not and that's hard pill to swallow because I've asked him thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times why why and now I can tell you I don't know why I don't understand it I don't get it I don't like it but I trust him because I know him more now than I did 10 years ago he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be we all have to learn to endure while we wait but I want you to remember 
more than anything else. To God, to Jesus, to Holy Spirit, the triune God, you are more important than pleasures. You are more important than pleasures. You are wonderfully and marvelously and beautifully made. Remember what I said earlier? You must have been a beautiful baby. I know all babies look like Winston Churchill. I get it. But my grandbabies were perfect in every way. Some of you will find that pleasure later on in life. It's not time yet. But I want you all to know you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Doesn't matter how many wrinkles, doesn't how many hairs I've lost. I'm trying to grow a beard. It's been six weeks in, or six months in the growing. That's all I got. But I'm enjoying what I got. Never had that before. It's coming off of here, going here, and going here, and going here. I got more hair coming out of my ears and my nose than I do on top of my head. He's got a sense of humor. I'm telling he could have fixed it differently. But he said, Tony, one day you're going to get a little pride in your heart, and I want to show you the hair in your ears. If you don't know Jesus, he's sweeter than any ice cream you would ever taste. First song my son, my song, my son's song was, remember? I love Jesus better than ice cream. And ice cream is very good. Scooby-dooby-doo. Hey, Daddy, Jesus loves me better than ice cream. And ice cream is really good. Jesus will love you, and you'll never be. Remember this. God will never be farther away from you on your worst day than he is on your best day. He is close to you when you're good, when you're not proud of yourself. He's never far away. Those people that said God leaves you, you can't, that's not true. I know for a fact I've been a mess in my life. And on my worst day, he's been as close as my best day. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Can I take one more spin around the block? I love you. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Hey, friends. Thanks for watching today. And I believe that today's teaching was life-changing for you. We prayed that way, and we believe that it would. And so I just want to say in advance, thank God for how he changes our life through the power of his word. I would um, encourage you today that if you've never made Jesus the savior of your life, the Lord of your life, I would love to pray with you today and for you to make that decision. I can give you the words, but you have to surrender the heart. That's what's so very important. So I'll pray a prayer. And uh, you put your heart to it, and you pray this prayer after me. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins on the cross.
I could never get good enough to come to you in your holiness. But I know that Jesus died for my sins and he rose again on the third day to give me a new start, a new beginning. So today, I repent of my sins and I invite you into my life. And as best as I know how, I want to serve you for the rest of my life. Fill me with your spirit and help me to walk day by day in your strength and your power. Man, I hope you prayed that prayer today. If you prayed that prayer, why don't you call the church office or let us know that you prayed that prayer. I have a book that I'd like to give you that'll help you know the next steps to take. Uh, giving a heart to the Lord is not just something that we do to get the guilt or the bad feeling away, but it's a life change. It's new things that we start doing and the book that I wanna give you will help you in that. Also, if you have any prayer requests, we'd love to join with you in praying about those. And uh, if the Father's house and these teachings have uh, blessed you and you've benefited from them, would you consider supporting the Father's house? Uh, first of all, through prayer and encouragement, and second of all, through financial support. That's how we continue to keep our missionaries going. That's how we're able to keep these sermon series going out to you. And so if you'll just ask God what he would have for you to do, I would really appreciate it. So just remember, here at the Father's house, we don't care where you've been. We just care where you're going. And I I think you're going in the right direction. So I want to see you next week as you watch here from the Father's house as we bring you the word that will change your life.